Welcome to today's episode of the Nuts and Bolts. I'm here with my good friend Scott Challen. Um, today we're actually going to be talking about a super serious topic. We have a little bit of a laugh, going to be breaking down the mental health in the construction industry. We've got Dan and Ed from Trademart as our special, very special guests. We're going to be talking about the power of conversation, the spectrum of mental health, and what they're doing to change the um, initiatives in the construction industry and, and make positive changes. So yeah, let's jump straight in and um, unpack everything with Dan and Ed from Trademark. Welcome to Nuts and Bolts, where your deep dive into the evolving trends of the construction world. Your champions for business owners, entrepreneurs, and women making their mark in the industry. Join your hosts, Sue and Scott, as we shape the future of construction one episode at a time. G'day, Sue. G'day, Scott. How are you going? I'm doing fantastic today because we're going to be talking to a couple of guys that do some pretty colourful stuff. And I like colourful things. I'm not yeah. all black and grey. So yeah. let's talk about some stuff that makes us laugh. Yeah, definitely. Let's put a little bit of humour in it, a little bit of seriousness. Scotty, I'm just so excited. Normally we don't sit next to each other. Normally we're face to face. So this is kind of exciting for me. Yeah, that is actually a really good point. You're normally standing kind of bouncing off the walls on the other side of the desk. But today we're close together. Um, yeah. There's about half an inch between our legs. Let's keep it that way. And uh, we've got a couple of special guests to intro as well. And judging by the look of these two, I reckon we're going to have a good time today. I think so too. Welcome Dan and Ed from Tremart. Thank you so, so, so much for being on our podcast. We're just so thrilled and honoured to have you. No and- worries, team. Great to be here. Pleasure. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Normally, Dan and Ed, we do a little bit of a game. Like I know we've got some super serious topics to unpack today, but when we have special guests, we do a little bit of a game called Two Truths and a Lie, so we can get to know you guys a little bit better. So um, basically how the game works is you throw three things at us, two of them are truths and one is a lie, and we have to guess which one it is. Who wants to go first? Go on, Ed. Oh, Dan's normally pretty good at these ones. You're pretty spontaneous, Derek. Go you, Pop. Um, I did say on the email that I was going to think of these. I haven't thought of them. Okay. Um, so two uh, truths and a lie. One truth... I can I can crack a whip with both hands. I can oh man, this is tough. I can ride a motorbike and I really I just man, I'm no good at this, eh? Dan, you go. I'm done. I'm no good. I'm no good, I'm out. It's Dan's feedback. Okay. That's Dan's microphone is a feedback. I feel official. like we've lost you guys already. <laughs> <laughs> you have lost them. Oh man. But can you actually um, do that, Dan? I mean, Ed, sorry, can you actually crack a Yeah, I can do both those things. I can't think of the lie. That's Mate, the that's issue. actually a good thing about you, see? Yeah. How, you haven't yeah, got so a dishonest bone in your body. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We, exactly. We had Amy Stanton on here, the lady trader. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with her. And her lie yes. was that she sold pictures of her feet yes. for money. Yeah. I actually thought that could have oh, been. that was her lie. Yeah, that was her lie. It was pretty creative. Yeah, I would say Amy could probably do that. Yeah, I know. And that's why Have Scott- you seen her feet? No, I haven't seen her feet. They're worth a million bucks, mate. But Scott and I were like, look, we knew she's got a lot of hands in her pie. Like, maybe it's like viable. It's totally possible. You're just searching up OnlyFans. Yeah. Because we're like, maybe she's got different income streams. Like, it could be plausible. I don't know. What do you reckon, Dan? You got an eye for us, mate? Once had a bungee cord snap on me doing a bungee jump. I was once kidnapped in Vietnam. And... My mother fell down the stairs while she was pregnant with me and broke her big toe. Ooh, feet reference. All of them make sense. 
Okay, so it's got to be either the bungee. I'm pretty confident it's bungee. Do you reckon? Totally possible. What was the second one again? Vietnam. Oh, kidnapped. Vietnam. kidnapped in Vietnam. That's yeah, totally possible. <laughs> I mean, if Bungie snapped, you wouldn't be here, right? I know, face would be, a, wouldn't lot, be standing a, lot, up a lot worse than it looks, actually, to be honest with you. I'm going to go with Bungie. I'm going with Vietnam. Oh, you're going Vietnam. Yeah. What are we going? Go on, Dan, give us it. Luckily, my Bungie cord never snapped. Have you even Bungie? The lie was the Bungie. There you go. You were kidnapped in Vietnam. I did get I, I taken can, against I can spot I got the lie. against my will. <laughs> Get out. Okay. Viet- Vietnam is a vortex, though. I was there earlier this year, and trust me, you can get kidnapped there and disappear in a heartbeat, mate. Hey, guys. I mean, that's super fun. Thank you so much for playing that little game for us. I butchered it, but we can continue on. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really great segue. Let's, let's tell, tell on. us one lie about your business. Things are always going well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right? We've got enough money to retire. Every single day. <laughs> I was just saying to Sue, yeah. I had a couple of, one of our sales guys quit this morning and it was like, oh, again, we're doing this again. That's welcome to business, right? Yeah. All the good stuff, mate. All the good stuff. We have uh, in our office, we have a thing called Fun Shirt Friday. And I've got to say for the last 12 months, your shirts have been creeping into my team. So it's uh, credit to you. And I've asked, I asked the conversation, oh, look, where'd this shirt come from? What, what is this? And that's, uh, that's where I heard the story about you guys. So I heard the name and then Sue was like, oh, we're going to have them on the podcast. We're like, mm. oh, well, that's going to be good fun. Yeah. And you know, the other thing as well, like that, you know, when I was speaking to people about you guys coming on and whatnot, and I said, the guys from Trademark, and they were kind of like, oh, you know, and I'm like, you know, those really bright shirts and they've got like start the conversation on the back and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They recognize the shirt and the start the conversation on the back of it over the brand name. So well done. Like, that's really great. Like you, you really are starting conversations. Yeah. It's kind of a great place to be where the product that you sell kind of advertises itself in its use. So yeah, it's not uncommon that people recognize the shirts and they've seen that slogan this is a conversation started across the back and they recognize that more than the brand name itself um or us so yeah it's, yeah. it's awesome that they're out there it's awesome that they're doing their thing and it's awesome that people are recognizing them around the place so where, cool. where did two young jokers like yourselves come up with this tell us how that idea kicked off well it depends how long you've got right so, well, we did, I think we had about half an hour, but yeah. oh, so I'll give you the for the sake of the podcast, the sort of the condensed version. But well, you mean um, the uh, the the rated M version, not the R rated version? Oh, I can give you the R rated. <laughs> <version>. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's let's, right. let's go. Um, no, so sort of long story short, myself and Ed met on a building site here in Brisbane, um, working for the same builder together on the same day as each other, and we both have equally crazy stories that led to us being on the site that day. Things like a random pocket dial to a mate that led to a conversation that opened up a job. And on my side, it was like getting a call back from a build a year and a half after I'd cold called him looking for a job. He'd saved my number. And we ended up working on this site together, both with crazy circumstances. And we just clicked. We made mates because we were the two newbies on site, you know, and the two newbies always get stuck together and lumped with each other doing all the shit jobs. So, um, um, I was a few years out of my trade and Ed was just starting his mature age apprenticeship. We formed a formidable partnership, mostly based on our, I guess, our larrikin natures and the fact that we could quote Jim Carrey movies and Quentin Tarantino films and all this kind of stuff. You formed, formed that around. by Smoko or lunchtime? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Smoko, mate, you know. It was at the toolbox meeting. Yeah, what, you mean the safety chat? Yeah. <laughs> 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 do those all the time. 
got challenge from the QHI group. Licensed builder, QHI, Queensland Home Improvements. Originally, we are your go-to patios, decks, carports, and all-round general home improvement builder go-to company. We are national, QHI National. It's now been rebranded to. You can find us by jumping on the web, searching up qhi.net.au. And if you're after a deck, patio, or carport project to be supplied and installed at your home, we are the people to call. 100% quality work using Australian-made materials, supporting women in construction, supporting apprentices, growing our great country one building project at a time. QHI National, Scott Challen. Yeah, so we, we just made a great partnership, man, and working hard together. I was I had a lot of sort of side jobs starting to kick off, and so Ed was keen to you know earn a bit of extra money. So he started tagging along with me to all these extra jobs. And next minute, we were working seven days a week together, sixteen hour days, you know. And we decided we wanted to start. You know, we thought we could get our heads together and start some sort of business, but we didn't know what. And then it was in two thousand and fifteen. When tragically, I got the news um, in December that I'd lost one of my best mates to suicide the night before, Saturday night. And that was my first experience with suicide. And that was a time when my world came to a, a real grinding halt. And I experienced the full range of emotions that one does when they experience a personal suicide like that. You know, the sadness and the grief is obviously natural. But then the things I wasn't expecting were like the anger how could he do that? Like the feeling of being pissed off. I was really pissed off that this all happened. So it was a real roller coaster ride of emotions. But obviously the grief and sadness was the, the most powerful one. And so in those times when Ed and I were working so so much together, well, I mean, we became best mates and he became my number one support network in that period, you know, of time following that. And, you know, poor Ed, as a mature age apprentice, is technically supposed to be the one kind of looking after him, but he was the one then, you know, having to support me when I'd be rocking up to work with tears in my eyes and, you know, this kind of stuff. And it was really tough, I think, for Ed because no one no one told him how to play that role. He just had to figure that out, you know, in real time. So, yeah, we both experienced that tragedy but in different ways. So, obviously, I'd lost one of my best mates and Ed was my support network, number one support network after that. And so, well, we started talking about the mental health space following that. Yeah, our observation was that, yeah, mental health can be a serious topic and it can have some very serious outcomes, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be so serious and dark the whole time. And, you know, we saw the bus stop shelters, you know, the signs from crisis support services with pictures of a depressed-looking man with his head down in a dimly lit room with the blinds pulled, personifying depression. And we kind of thought, like, that's not what it looks like. That's why are we being sold that this is what mental health looks like when everyone every day is dealing with stuff and they're doing their best to put a game face on and, and get through, you know, life. And everyone doesn't look like that. There's no reason why people wouldn't want to talk about it. So we just thought something needed to be done to help liven it up a bit and, and give it a bit of colour and a bit of fun and a bit of zest to make it a bit more approachable for the everyday person and particularly blue-collar workers. So we had this idea for workwear, high-vis workwear, which, you know, we thought needed a, a much-needed update Freshen up. Hive's workwear has been stale for since the dawn of time, I'd say. Um, well, since we transitioned from blue jeans to high vis. Yeah, yeah exactly know. right. So, you know, we had Khaki this idea. work shirts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, we were working that seven days a week. We were saving our cash. We wanted to start a business. We thought maybe this workwear idea could be a thing. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of a year after I lost Dan and 
we kind of thought, well, maybe if we're going to make these funky bright Larry work shirts, maybe we could use them for something positive. And given what we've been through, maybe we could use them to help start a conversation in a bit more of a fun, lighthearted way. And that was how it sort of came to be. We learned of this concept of social enterprise and we're using profit for purpose. It wasn't a, a model of business that we were familiar with or knew anything about. And so that's where the idea started to, to really form. It became this idea of funky work shirts to help start conversations about mental health and, as we say, make an invisible issue impossible to ignore. So we got our first shirts made, um, took us you know, the best part of two years to design and, and get our first couple samples made. And the first time we wore those samples, when we got those first correct shirts back, we only had two in the country. And we wore them out to our Thursday afternoon shareholders meeting that we used to have at the Newstead Brewery here in Brisbane for a couple pints. And all these people started coming up to us, asking us about these shirts. What's the go? You know, what, what's with these shirts? What are you guys on a Bucks party? Yeah. We're kind of like, yeah, guys, we're on a Bucks party, the two of us on a Thursday afternoon, just the two of us. It's cracker. Um, yeah, so, and it just, they, they started to work. The first time we wore them out, they did what they were intended to do. And the last person who chatted to us that day was a journalist from Quest Magazine, which is a local rag paper in the Korean Mail. And and he did a story on us. Channel 7 got a hold of it. And then they contacted Ed. They called, the reporter Jessica Mum called Ed. This is Ed from Trademark. And at that time, we were both nobody from nowhere. And so when someone calls up and says, is this Ed from Trademark? He's like, oh, someone's pulling the piss out of me. This is a joke. And she's like, no, no, I'm serious. Like, I'd like to do a story on you. And he's like, when? And they were like, tonight. We'd like to put you on the 6 p.m. news. And we were just like, what? So we both had to run home and get our two shirts because they were the only ones we had in the country. And um, they did the news story on us. The, the story went viral around Australia online. We got hammered in the comments section. More importantly, we put all our money on 1,500 shirts and I think we were cash flow positive in about five days and that was on the 15th, wow. of, 15th of March 2018. Did you have a website at that point? <laughs> Only just, barely. Yeah, at the like, time, yeah, we was it an e-commerce website or was it just a landing page? Shopify. We had Shopify. a Shopify yeah, site. Nice. Yeah, early days of Shopify. Right? Yeah. Getting them on site, was that easy then? Like after that, all the exposure and everything that you got, then were builders and construction open to having you guys bring the shirts on site? And Well, it just started to happen. I don't, me and Ed didn't know where the, like our phone on the Shopify app that we just started selling shirts. And if you've got, if anyone's is familiar with Shopify, when you've got the app on your phone, when you make a sale, it, it makes a ka-ching sound. This just started happening. Making money while we sleep. Yeah. We just realised, <laughs> fuck it, we've made it. That's it. 100%. That's um, new normal. So, yeah. And so we didn't know where, like who was buying the shirts or where they were going. They were just selling, you know. So um, it just started. Were you guys packing boxes yourself? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a two-man band for, for 18 months. From the garage, you know, or from your living yeah. room? Off like the, Off the back deck of my rental. We got the photo yeah. of the first day dispatching shirts up on the wall in the in the office. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So, sold out of all the triple XLs straight away? I mean, I can't even remember back that far in regards to like, it was just chaos. I mean, everything was just absolute bedlam, to be honest. We were just trying to figure out everything on the fly. It was a baptism of fire, really, and I mean... Yeah, it's funny. You look back now, and you know all those issues that we had back then, and the sort of the th- sorts of things that are issues now. It's just like it's sort of the same sorts of things. It's just on a much larger scale, you know. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we're saying, it's still business every day. It still is. It's just the scale of it, and the numbers get bigger. The um, where where are you guys based out of now? Where's your office? In Dara. In Dara. In Dara now. Yeah. yeah, I think we're sort of on our well fourth office-ish type space yeah. and third warehouse. 
um, space. How many, oh, how many rebuilds? Like, we've probably only had like proper, probably three or four Shopify builds. We had a yep. change to another website. Still which on was Shopify, another really, yeah, on Shopify, yeah. yeah. So we, we changed across to a different provider, which should remain nameless. I don't think they're in business anymore anyway, but um, that was a complete fucking nightmare. <laughs> oh, we've had a lot of nightmares over the years. Yeah. That was one real big nightmare. Especially given like um, you guys really were on the cusp of that strong e-commerce growth you know, zone where Shopify became really big as a brand as well. Um, you've mm. ridden that wave with that. And then you're in the right place, right time when it comes to buying things online, especially during the COVID times, eh, right? And also just the insane increase in mental health issues during that period of time yeah. too. We were in the right yeah, exactly. time, right place for the entire thing, to be honest. The, you just the, hit the, the nail on the head, Mike. The, the stage yeah. of mental health was that. nail in your thumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just throw some well, construction I, I had a question there. as well. What trade are you? We're both chippies. Oh, my God. The I like king things. of the trades. Yeah, the king of the trades. trades. Yeah, the one who carries the can for everyone else's screw-ups. Yeah. Hey, talking yeah. about exposure as well, have to so know. Keep your clothes on, soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is how we get followers, right? <laughs> i gotta, I got to use my assets. I noticed you guys, uh, the shirts for Bathurst. I was watching Bathurst, and the guys were, you know, in the pit. Yeah, Zane Morse yeah. had them in the – yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was on holidays, but um, did yeah, you pretty awesome. didn't actually see them? I didn't see them, so yeah, it was yeah, like I, text. Yeah. I, I, them. Them. I haven't you? seen it either, but yeah, my godfather sent me a, yeah. um, a text saying that they're in the pit, yeah. pit stop wearing wow. them. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Sitting there I mean, watching Rathers going, oh, So you guys them. will be on a V8 supercar next year? Yeah, what literally. <laughs> yeah, I think the ironic thing for us is that, like, when we first were trying to figure out how to launch this business, we had no idea how to do it. And sort of since then, and when it was launched through that call from Channel 7 and someone seeing the shirts and wanted to share the story, that's pretty much what's got us to where we are today. I mean, it hasn't been like huge exp- like expenses in marketing and trying to advertise and like break through. It's just basically been that snowball effect of one person sees it, they tell five people, they get a shirt, they tell five people. It's just sort of rolled on and rolled mm-hmm. on and rolled on to a point now where, yeah, like high pages reach out to us, bought our shirts, have them on the block. You know, yeah, Zane yeah. Morse loves our shirts, loves what it's about, reached out, got them for his pit crew. Yeah. Like, all these things. And, like, we're, except, like, really humbled and, like, gracious, you know, grateful, I suppose. Like, it's an amazing thing to be a part of because there's all these businesses out there that are trying to get cut through on a social issue like this and but haven't had the same pickup. And, yeah, I'm really grateful that people have jumped on you know, our bandwagon and help share our message because mm. it's um, actually nothing to do with work shirts. It's all about like changing yeah. this culture. And that's what makes it the perfect product and the perfect message. And it just fits together so well. I mean, the social currency that comes with the great product and the quality of the shirts is exceptional from the guys in my office I've seen wear them. Uh, you've got me all jealous. I wish I bought one now. I need to. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you still can. I have to put can. a bulk order in or something. I know. Like and that. I actually yeah. noticed you guys do scrunchies. I always wear scrunchies. So Good I'm going to get a scrunchie. <laughs> so well done. Doing the scrunchies actually started out of Baralan prison. So we used to upcycle a lot of our, so when we were left over sort of real small sizes or real big sizes of collections that just, you know, stagnant, not selling, we'd take them, send them out to Baralan prison into the work restart program, which is another social enterprise that exists to reduce the rate of recidivism amongst people with an experience of incarceration. And so they would take our shirts and upcycle them 
into things like scrunchies, aprons, um, boot covers and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so that's where the scrunchies actually first came from, with it, from, from the inmates out in Brown Prison. So it was a really worthwhile program for us to be a part of. But unfortunately, and Ed and I actually got to go out to Brown one time to, to go inside the prison, into the sewing centre with all the sharp, scissors and stabby looking things and you quickly realize that these guys aren't interested in doing any extra time for a couple of jokers like us but the power of knowing this trademark story and to have that experience with them was really awesome so yeah the scrunchies yeah they first came from in Brown prison but unfortunately the prison got a new warden and they cancelled that program because they don't believe in rehabilitation so whatever i don't know crazy mm. Gosh, that seems like a winner, doesn't it? Hey, um, yeah. I'd like to see a school uptake your, yeah. your designs, actually, to be honest yeah. with you. I think, you yeah, know, I've got, a, I've, got, I've got four daughters. You've yeah. got kids as well. I mean, the, the reality is that the levels of mental health issues in our teenagers are off the charts. So it's yeah. any wonder that we're creating adults with cracked problems as well, you know. So. so teachers are one of our biggest clientele. We have so many teachers who wear our shirts to work regularly, like not just your construction of woodwork or skills teachers but so many teachers they they uh, they wear our stuff childcare centers you know high schools primary schools yeah so it really cut through a lot of different industries actually which has been awesome for us to observe mm. hi guys sue rogan from elevate construction marketing we are your digital marketing experts elevate construction marketing specializes in construction trades and property we offer digital marketing social media marketing videography photography and anything that we can get our hands on to help support the construction and building industry i'm super passionate about this having a digital marketing person that uh, specializes in construction means that i understand what's going on in the industry i've got credibility and i also understand the advertising requirements when it comes to the building and construction industry there are specific advertising requirements that the QBC set out that you need to adhere to. And I will be able to guide you through that. So Sue Rogan, Elevate Construction Marketing, your digital marketing specialist in construction trades and property. Had an experience recently where I was uh, with a couple of our young guys and uh, we're on a job site down in New South Wales for eight days. I was supervising the job down there and the um, Young guys were actually really good. It's different. Like I come when I come through when I was younger, going through the construction industry. No one really asked, "Are you okay?" or "How you doing?" or you know, "What's happening with you?" It was really none of that. It was more banter and bullshit, right? And then these young guys were just like every twenty minutes, they're like, "Hey, going, mate? Are you all right?" Yeah, yeah. You know, is everything okay at it's home? It's like the norm now. Yeah, it's like they, it's for like, them, it was good. just second nature to check in with each other yeah, all day or to check in with me. And I'm <laughs> like, "Yeah, I'm fine. You guys are all right." Like I'm thinking, are you going to tell me something bad? Is one? Which one of you is quitting today? You know, but, you're like, uh, you're on your fifth Red Bull. Are you all right, yeah, mate? Like, <laughs> mate? Like fifth by, by <laughs> 10 a.m. Right? But, yeah. you know, it's I guess it's a cultural thing that's come through as well that you guys have also been a part of. Right product, right time, right place, right development of the culture for it too. But also it's just such an important thing right now. We, I mean, we can't stress enough how difficult it is for people. The constant pressure that people are under right now. And I mean, knowing people that have been affected by the loss of other people or we've seen families fall apart and all that yeah. sort of stuff, substance abuse and stuff like that as well, it creeps in and all of it leads downhill. 
It's so significant now that it's almost the majority of people are out there carrying some kind of load, right? And it's interesting, Dan, you noted before that that was, I guess, your first exposure to suicide, that you really hadn't had anything previous to that moment. I think, and um, just for your own background too, like Scott and I are on the other level (coughs) where, um, so I was raised in the military. So I was a military brat. So, um, I mean, suicide in in the army and the military is really prevalent. I was exposed to it at such a young age where it then became the norm and obviously your time serving in the RAF and, you know, and then we've seen, obviously, it's not the construction industry, but it's like that trend even nowadays with the um, military and serving and, and the suicide rate. Yeah, and yeah, I think, so like, divorce rates are so much higher now and yeah. fractured families, single-parent families. I'm not saying taking anything away from the hard work that people do as great single parents, but it's not a traditional up- upbringing like our grandparents or our parents may have had, so it's, it's a different type of world out there. And, I mean, um, you guys are, uh, what, you look like you're about 25, so, but I know you're a little older than that. It's just know. that youthful skin, that's all. Yeah, that's what <laughs> it is. But yeah. It's from being inside the office yeah. for five years, yeah. that's what's happened to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I guess like there's different levels or varying levels of exposure that people have. You yeah. and I, or it's it's an, a bit of a norm for us. We're attuned to it or accustomed to it. If I can pick up, I guess maybe I'm a little bit more sensitive. I can pick up if people are not having a good day and I can say... It affects you when people around you aren't great. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then obviously, like if you've never been exposed to suicide before and it hits you with the death of a close friend or family member, then... Yeah, you've got to go through that grief. and. I mean, I don't know about you fellas, but I'm not sure that too many people don't get exposed to that pretty early now because even my girls have known kids from school that have suicided and stuff, you know? Like, it's just, it's a savage thing that's happening. Yeah, I mean, when I, say, when I say my first mm. sort of experience with suicide, I think so personally and so directly. I mean, obviously, yeah, through, throughout yeah. my life, I've yeah. definitely been aware of, you know, suicide. But I guess the other thing is as well is like, Without direction with the mental health conversation, I mean, you were saying how, you know, on site now you're seeing that change and young people on site, they're talking about it a lot more. And I think we are seeing that cultural shift now, which is one of the reasons why it was so important that we created TX as well, because these are more than just shirts. It's about actually then connecting people with the right kind of professional support service they can access to actually receive effective help. And I think when it comes to mental health, it's not all about suicide. That's just the extreme end of that spectrum. The thing that I'm very familiar with is living with mental health and mental illness in my own life, in my relationships, in my family, you know, um, all around me. Mental health has been such a prevalent thing outside of suicide. And so I think when it comes to this conversation, I guess that's probably one of the things that we're always trying to get across with our work shirts. You know, I was speaking at an event on Friday, a fundraiser in front of 600 electricians, and I make it my business to slow down and scan the room and try to make as much eye contact with as many people as I can when I say, I guarantee you that every single person in this room right now is dealing with something. On varying levels and of varying degrees, yes, but every single person in this room is dealing with something, whether it's stress of a business, kids and family, relationships, finances, grief and loss. These are things that people deal with every day. And they affect our ability to live effectively, you know. So I think that's kind of our real message around mental health is that it's not about suicide necessarily. That's just the extreme end of it. There's, there's things every day that people are dealing with and we want to do our part to help make sure that those people know that they're supported by not just a trademark shirt that helps start a conversation, but a QR code under the pocket that you can scan to take you to TX, which is our counselling service as well. So it's not just a, a flash in the pan, it's 
really we want to make it fun and lighthearted on the site with the shirts, but then it's really about driving people through to that effective counselling service, which you know we've had a lot of success in. I think the other thing that we're really fortunate about, and we were probably naive at the beginning anyway without realising we'd made the right decision, but like we've never been, you know, we're here to stop suicide and zero suicides and all that sort of speak or rhetoric. Like we've never had that. And luckily, because, I mean, I was chatting to someone the other day reaching out, wanted to collaborate, and he's like, you know, we're on the same mission to stop suicide. I didn't say to him on the phone, but I got the phone, I was like... Fuck, mate, like, that's never going to happen. Like, that's never going to stop. We're very realistic of the fact that 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 will never happen, right? But what we are hell-bent on changing is people's perception of mental health and mental well-being, like Dan was saying earlier, and being like, hey, there's actually this other thing we can work on, like our physical fitness, all that sort of stuff, right? We can work on all of this to make sure that, like, us and those closest to us can hopefully lead the charge and never get to a point where suicide is an option for that person, you know? We're just so trying to be so much further, like up the stream and just everyday wellness, look after yourself, get help, do the little things, put the tools in the toolkit. Mm. It's not this crusade against suicide. It's actually fucking got nothing to do with that. It's all about yeah. how are we travelling and how can we be better over the next days, weeks and months and years and progress and get better as people and, and mates and colleagues and husbands and wives, you know. That's, that's basically the mission we're on. Do you reckon there's like a... Um and I don't know if you see this or not, but the trend towards self-improvement can sometimes be hijacked by people saying that that's selfish as well. Like, I I just want to be happy and I want to be healthy and I want to do great things for myself, go to the gym, eat well, try and not drink too much piss, do all the good things. Mm -hmm. But it seems to be sabotaged by people that go, well, yeah, just a white extremist that wants to do this, this and that. You know, I'm like, no, I just want to be healthy and want to live a great life. You see that? No, I... I see people that push that as a thing that they're trying to sell to people to come on board with. Like, I see the negatives in that. Mm. You know, people on social media that sort of like overinflate it. Yeah, these people are trying to make it an all or nothing type thing. For me personally, I know I'm learning things along the way that are working for me now and hopefully are working for me in the future. And there's, I'm sure there's more things that I'm going to learn in the future that are going to make me better than I am now, right? Mm. Like, open-minded enough to have that. I think that our ability to understand that you don't just wake up tomorrow morning and you're like, got everything sorted, fucking done. I've just got to do this every day and forever I'm going to be great. It's just not the way it works. Right? It's funny how the universe and has a strange way of screwing up that plan. Yeah. And so yeah, I think it's it's people being aware enough to be like, actually, I do want to create change that's positive and good. What's the first thing I can do? And it might be, talk to a mate who you look up to or is doing something that you admire and you're like, how are you doing that? Or what are you doing? You know what I mean? All those little things or listen to a podcast. And I mean, the thing that has always stuck with me is like follow success to a degree. You know what I mean? Like what are successful people doing? You know, they're not waking up at seven o'clock every day, eating fucking fruit loops and doing all this useless shit during their day. You know what I mean? Like They've got a routine. They've got a structure. They're working out. They're eating healthy. Um, Set goals and follow through. They've got plans. They've got strong relationships with those around them. They've got a network, you know what I mean? There's just all those little things. And I look at a really great example of someone that has had a massive transformation in their personal life but also their business was like Sam Gardell who we used to have a share an office with. Man, where Gardy and he and his business and he is a bloke, as a husband as a boss is compared to when we were working in the same office space with him what three years ago Dan 
fucking unbelievable. Like, it's incredible. And it was just the same thing with him. It was like, oh, I'm not happy with how things are going. What's the first step? You know, I went and got some personal training. And then it just rolled on and rolled on and rolled on. To now where this guy's absolutely braining it, you know what I mean? And it's guys like that who young tradies and other business owners can look at and go, shit, we're not just this perception of being dumb tradies. Like we can have really successful businesses in the trade sector, have really strong relationships with our partner and kids just by open mindset, willingness to go and try new things and figure out what works and implement it for me and my team. And, and ask me for help. And ask me for help, yeah, of course, ask me for help. And that's that's the main thing, right, is asking for help. I don't know, help me. And Yeah. yeah. And it's, been, like, it's incredible I've always found too is when you ask for help, people actually will help. Yeah, you yeah. Can, like you people, just reach up and ask, you know. Like, people hey, want to help. Can you show help. me how you do that? Yeah. People know. get yeah. a huge ego boost when someone asks them for help because – it's a huge thing when someone genuinely asks you for help. It's, it's a yeah, validation exactly. of your own position. It's right? a it compliment is. too, though. Like it's, it is, it's a credit it to yourself feel- as well that someone sees you that. And I love it when people feel comfortable enough to have open conversations with me, you know, not from an egotistical point of view. You but- guys must see some good stories come through, like the, the email or the letter. I mean, it's probably by all digital and text message and emails these days, but it's like this led to a conversation that changed this for me. I don't know about you, but I'd probably feed on that. Like, Please. That would just give me everything we I see need heaps. We do see heaps. Like almost actually, yeah. in all honesty, sometimes too much in a way. Like yeah. sometimes okay, you can yeah. like be uh, – with this line of work, there's so much positivity and there's so much love and praise. Just on Friday, the event that I was at, you know, I did a, a sort of a 45-minute keynote and then at the end everyone's coming up, you know, asking for photos, telling me how much they love the work and like actually – You've really got to switch off actually a little bit to that because it just can be overwhelming in a lot of ways. But there's one story, honestly, that I love more than any. Actually, no, I've got a bunch that I love, but this one's at the front of my mind right now. It's because it's kind of hilarious. I think it was Ed who got this email. It might have come through our customer service. And it was a lovely email. And it involved the father of this person who emailed having just lost their father to, you know, natural causes, old age. But he was a huge trademark fan, loved trademark for the years, the few years that we had it going while he was alive. And in his will, he requested to be buried in a trademark shirt. And I just thought that True. so oh, awesome, cool. like yeah. such a lovely sentiment of someone who loved trademark so much that you would choose for that to be what you're buried in, you know, so... Not only are we starting conversations on earth, we're starting them in the afterlife too, so it's great. Yeah, carry on the carry yeah. on upstairs. Hey, listen, also, just can I um, touch on the work that you're doing with TIAC as well? So obviously trademarks your brand and your shirts and whatever, but you guys actually, every purchase goes towards making a social impact by funding TIAC, right? I think it's 50% that mm-hmm. I was reading. Yeah, so 50% of our profits yeah. are going to TIAC. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. like, um, so, explain that to us and, and the movement there as well because I think that's important yeah, to understand. 100%. For sure. So it was sort of like, a, again, a natural sort of journey for us when we launched. We're reaching out, to be honest. We're reaching out to a, a fair few sort of existing non-for-profits in the space being like, hey, we're this startup, social enterprise workwear company. We're looking for someone to be able to donate 50% of our profits to. Are you interested? And to be honest, we're getting just nowhere with anyone we're like fuck no no hitbacks no yeah happy to meet it was just zero really interest from anyone and so as we progressed along and actually tried to get the business up and off the ground because we weren't really making any money yet anyway we were getting a lot of feedback from people hey 
shirts are great, starting heaps of conversations, but where do I send someone or where do I go for that next port of call? And majority of people don't, you know, have an EAP, like an employment assistance program within their business. You know, a lot of our customer base, rural or residential carpentry, just plumbers, tradies. So they didn't have that sort of infrastructure in place for them to reach out and get support. So Dan and I were thinking about it. Well, we don't know where we would go either. We're like, where do we go? And so we started looking into that and it's go and see your GP, get on a mental health plan, find a psychologist or a counsellor, book in, blah, 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 blah. And we were like, whoa, this is a really shitty process. Why is this so difficult? Why is everything crisis support, your lifeline beyond blues? Like, again, like we always just say, like, we're just two simple tradies, right? We're looking at this mental health landscape that we know, to be honest, zero about. And we're like, why is all this money being invested up this other end where people are just seemingly at wit's end and are ready to kill themselves and there's no intervention early intervention let's get support now so we're like is it too insane for us to just hire some mental health professionals and just have a phone number and just get them to call like get people to call that and that was just an idea and it sort of rolled on and then yeah tax was launched in june 2020 middle of covid we had some yeah psych- we well, had a psychologist and we just had her with a phone number and someone called from Brisbane and it just basically rolled on from there. So the whole idea for TX is to remove the, the physical and financial barriers that have previously existed for blue-collar workers and those that care about them to reach out and get professional mental health counselling, early intervention and ongoing. A really big thing that we also wanted to ensure that if someone reached out or when someone reached out, they had a really quality experience and they were willing to come back and have more sessions with that same counsellor so they weren't repeating their story over and over again. You know, like I literally just had a psych session that's why i was a couple of minutes late before dr clive I've been seeing dr clive now for over 12 months he's my guy I go see him it's mickey mouse and picking up today like conversation i was having he's like this is actually the same thing we we're talking about x time ago i'm like this is why it's so important that i can't see the same person because he knows me right and understands me and, and knows my journey and that's what we have built as well with tx is that people get that through their journey eight to ten sessions same counselor there's a progression of a story and a journey being built between two people and a professional can help get you to a point where you're ready to get back out there and, and smash it and hopefully tell your mates about how good an experience it was. Almost a level up. Yeah. How's the exactly. volume on that going? Like, Are you seeing much of an increase in that? Yeah, it's, it's monthly. It's increasing. For a period of time there, we were getting the wrong callers through, so we weren't getting people from our demographics. We weren't getting like that blue-collar worker through. It was getting more crisis support. And with us being yeah, early intervention, it's been a good, I would say, six months of getting it to the right point where 95% plus of our callers now are our, our target demographic, which yeah. is really awesome. And so, like, from the same time, same time for September last year compared to this September, we've had double the same amount of callers of, from the blue-collar space. So it's doubled in 12 months, like, our caller volume, which is great. So I'd say... Without having it in front of me, it's like a 10 to 15% growth sort of month on month of callers, which is like a really good steady growth for us. Like we don't want to explode because a big thing for us is ensuring quality of care, right? And with a service-based non-for-profit like we've got, you can't really scale it overnight like a digital product per se. Like you've got to really step it out and manage it correctly to ensure that the wheels stay on, there's no issues or there's not big issues. Uh, and you can ensure that quality of care and people's satisfaction with the service is sort of, yeah, paramount and maintained. Do you find people moving through that program and then stepping away from it, like they've achieved a result and then moved on? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm 
Last month, it's around sort of four sessions people having on average, which is great. And a lot of people are referring friends and family to the service, which is awesome. Um, and people reaching out on behalf of someone else. I think that's a really interesting thing, insight that Dan and I have learned along the way is that you'd know it as well. You, you thought about mates like, oh, you know, I'm really, really worried about my mate. You know, you should really reach out and see someone or we should call or, you know, you're always worried about them. Whereas what we're really saying to people is, hey, you reach out on behalf of them and understand how you can then help them to hopefully get to a point where they are comfortable to reach out. You know, that really flips the narrative of once you've reached out and got help, makes a huge difference. And like, that's why we're always talking about our own journey. It's like, yep, we see our own psychologists or we go and see a personal trainer or whatever that is. Then all of a sudden that, bit of vulnerability that we've shown allows them to be like wow you're being really transparent with me right now fuck if it's good enough for you well hopefully it's just good enough for me i'm willing to go and try that now rather than someone that's never done it telling someone they probably should go and do it it's normally uh yeah you're fucking kidding yourself like why would i take that first step sometimes yeah. hey and it doesn't yeah. matter what you do like the first time i did yoga i thought i was going to die right but <laughs> imagine going to see a psych for the first time or talking to a social worker or something you're like just someone who could listen to you a counselor go hey what's going on just talk to me for an hour and you're like uh yeah uh, I had three Red Bulls for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Four cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a fear when people reach out for support, mental health support services. I think there's a, it's an unspoken fear that people feel like they're going to be told all these things that are wrong with them, that a mental health professional is there to make you feel shit about all these things that you're doing wrong, which is so far from the truth. Like yeah, that is dad, not shit husband, shit yeah, job. That is, yeah. that is not any of it at all. It just doesn't happen like that, at least, uh, I mean, yeah, I would hope that there are no mental health professionals out there taking that angle. That's just not the go. It's There's very much that, I guess um, the GP thing, right? You go sit at a GP and say, oh, look, I'm not doing well and mm. I've got some issues. They'll prescribe you some sessions, right? But the other thing they'll try to prescribe you is some drugs to try and calm yeah, you down, yeah. right? And so suddenly you're uh, popping a pill for breakfast every day as well just to top it all off. Yeah, I think that's another interesting thing, like along that personal development. Yeah. Listen to a podcast the other day. It was just like a, yeah, earth-shattering moment for me it was like this psychologist is talking about how he had a patient that started with them and they'd been on antidepressants for 10 years and the psych just said well when do you think they were going to kick in and he just went oh yeah He's like yeah any of these things like that are good for a period of time to get you through to the next point but it's not like you don't need to be taking this sort of thing every day for the rest of your life you can work on these other elements to hopefully wean you off, you know what I mean? So it's like all these things that are out there for people to understand and learn about. And sadly, like with the mental health side of things, you can't just pop a pill and be better. It's just not the way our brain works, unfortunately. Um, we can be for a period of time, but it's... I wish yeah. it was that easy. I know. It's definitely a combination. That's our observation too. Like we come at this from we're not mental health professionals. We've been on a hyper-learning journey. Yeah. In this whole thing, you know, with our counselling team, with conversations we've had, we're learning just as much. But the, the key thing that seems to come through is that there's just no one thing that will make a person better. In every instance, it is a combination of lifestyle changes and choices and decisions that people make that collectively over time lead to a better outlook and a better position for oneself. You know, it's not just, yeah, here, to have one counselling session, yeah. you'll be all better. You know what I mean? It's not have that one pill and it'll fix everything. It's a combination of things. And in every instance, it involves working on yourself in a number of different angles of your own life, from your relationships to, your, you know, your personal choices. As Ed says, things like routine, diet, exercise, obviously they're crucial as well. But understanding what what's bringing you fulfillment in your life. And I'm a big advocate of this idea of fulfillment because I don't believe 
in this perfect happy life. I think if you were happy all the time, it'd be shit. And happiness is only happiness because you know what the other side of the coin is like. You know, you've experienced that other side. So I don't think this pursuit of happiness is what people should be chasing, but I do believe that we should be chasing a consistent level of fulfillment in our life. Mm. Challenges um, and, that fulfill that, you. Yeah, exactly. And that, yeah. and that might be 80% fulfillment and leaving room for that 20% of being imperfect because we all are imperfect and we need to leave room for that too. But fulfillment for me means things like your job or your career. Is it fulfilling or is it taking you to a position that is going to be fulfilling? Your relationships, is it fulfilling? Is your, you know, your relationships with your mates, personal choices, going out on the weekend all the time, getting up at going, burning the candle at both ends. Is there a level of fulfillment in that or is it just a distraction from all the other areas of your life that are being neglected and need work? So, yeah, I'm really taking this approach towards consistent fulfillment but knowing that you can't be fulfilled 100% of the time. You need that room for for things to not be great because that's what gives you perspective on when times are good. So, question for you, if I can. Um, Of course you can, (laughs) Thank you. I ask more as an intro rather than actually asking. So I don't interrupt you. <laughs> exactly. I've got the floor. I've got the floor. So question for you. I mean, whether you're the person that you think you need to reach out or take that step or whether you're the person that uh, you have a friend that you think you want to support or need some that support, what are a couple of practical tips? I mean, Scott and I have talked about this before. Like, you know, me personally, I'm in a heavy digital space. So for me to switch off, I'll take the day off, you know, and I'll go to the beach or I'll go for a bushwalk and completely switch off and it just helps me reset and not be so in that mindset but just a couple of practical tips to help or help yourself yeah I think like one thing that has really stuck with me and Dan's actually brought it up recently again as well it's like taking stock just for 10-15 minutes just having a think about like what your perfect day would look like. like what would your perfect day if you could have any day what would it look like your perfect day being on holidays every day is not your perfect day, right? And being at work every day is not your perfect day. But like a portion of time at work, you're waking up next to someone you love or you're taking your dog for a walk, have a nice cup of coffee, healthy breakfast, exercise, whatever that is. Write that day down and then look at what your current life looks like compared to what that day is. It's like, okay, either I'm really close or I'm a long way away. And it's like what are these first steps you can start taking to move yourself towards having that I think is a really cool way of just like dumbing it right down. It's like this is what happiness to me or, or well-being looks like on a piece of paper in a 12-hour, 24-hour day. Let's work towards that. And reaching out to people along the way to figure out how to get there I think is a really important thing and just an easy way to sort of like, yeah, have a goal setting, right, period, is quite a simple thing to start looking at and implementing I reckon is a, is a cool thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And then what if um, what if you're, I guess, in a position where it's a friend, you know, and you can see the changes and they're starting to be withdrawn or you can see they're sad or they're not smiling or they're not doing community sports that they would, a couple of tips to, yeah. to help them and approach that conversation. So I've got, so for mine on that is an interesting one. So, and I've really learned this, I think Ed and I have learned this together, our business relationship with each other has been one of the most eye-opening experiences, I think, for both of us because we've learned so much through our relationship with each other, being mates and business partners. We've learned so many things and tools that we've been able to apply to the rest of our lives. And so one thing that for us, like in business, right, 
has been we've had periods of time where there's been issues, not necessarily between us, but maybe something in the business or someone in the business that's not a right fit or something that someone's doing and you're not sure how to take action. But you would be having the conversations with each other over and over and over again about this thing that's not changing, you know, this thing, this person, this situation. And, and we'd be taking up each other's time talking about the same shit that we have the power to change. But instead of changing it, we're just talking to each other about why it's making us unhappy. And for me, to take it back to your question about a a person, you know, if they're struggling, I think as humans, we have this weird thing that we do where we just make up any excuse in the book to not take action. And it's easier to go and whinge and complain to someone else about the thing rather than taking control of the situation and taking affirmative action yourself. We do it so well. I still do it, you know. But what's become clear to me is that as humans, we ruminate on thoughts. We have negative thoughts or situations that come into our head that just go round and round and round. We all do it. Every single person does it. I think the trick for mine is allowing that to happen but understanding when that's happening for too long and understanding then at what point in time you need to take affirmative action. So if you've got someone in your life, right, who's struggling and you're aware of that and you're having these thoughts over and over again, you know, something's not right, something's not right, it's up to you to decide when it is time to take affirmative action because you can ruminate on those thoughts for as long as you like or you could just pick up the phone and call TX and chat to one of our counsellors and just say, hey, I've been thinking about this thing for ages, it's been happening, I'm worried about this person but I'm not sure if I'm overreacting or if it's my place or any of that kind of stuff is reach out to the kind of person who can talk because ruminating on thoughts is dying by a thousand cuts. You know what I mean? You just It takes up mental energy in your own head, but at the end of the day, you're the only one who can take action on it. No one else can do it for you. So my tip is allow those thoughts to ruminate if they are there, but don't let it happen for too long because, yeah, you're the only one who can take action and eventually just taking action is the only thing that you can do. So, yeah, taking affirmative action when it's time is definitely my advice. Solid advice. As you come across the story bridge heading towards the city and you turn right down towards James Street into the valley there, there's a big sign under the bridge here. It says, the more I think about it, the bigger it gets. Exactly. It's I been know. there for years and years, like as far back as I can remember, 20 years maybe. It always it catches me every time I see it still because it's like, if I'm thinking bad thoughts, the more I think about it, the worse it's going to get. But if I think positive, the more I think positive, the, the bigger that positivity and gets as well. Saying. So it's, it's yeah. a mind shift, isn't it? Or if it's out of my control, if it's out of my control as well, then stop thinking oh, about it. You know what I mean? Like small if stuff, If right? it's something that you can't control, then yeah. Then, But if you can control it, make the decision to take affirmative action. That's it, you know. Fellas, we're in a really strange time. 12 interest rate rises. You guys are part of the building industry. 2,500 builders have gone broke as of last month in the last 12 months. Like it's a, it's a pretty ugly situation out there economically for a lot of businesses, small businesses, contractors, husbands, wives, children, the whole lot. I think you guys are in a really important space to assist and to help with that. What's mm. one little bit of advice that you give being tradies and being business owners that you'd give to some of the small time guys out there that are really feeling the pinch right now? Just because you're a tradie, it does not qualify you to be a professional at running a business. Running a business and being a tradie are two completely different skill sets. Do not fall into the trap that to think that just because you're a tradie, you need to or can be a great business owner. 
I, me and Ed knew nothing about business. It's been one of the biggest challenges of our entire life. We've asked for help the entire step, like the entire journey from running the numbers in the books. We don't know how to do that. We need, and the numbers tell the story. Marketing, we're getting a website, all these things that we don't know how to do. Ask for help with those things. You should not be and cannot be expected to know how to run a business just because you're a good tradie. So that is the number one lesson. Don't fall into that trap to think that you should be because it's, it ain't. It's cracking. Business owner is like a whole nother trade. Yeah. Yeah. Sure is. Yeah. And yeah. you don't need to run a business. Like you can be a tradie and that's fine. You can, have a, you you know can, I mean? can be like a tradie, always, like, have a business and still know. be on the tools and have other people do all that other shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nothing wrong with that either. I think the big yeah, thing yeah, yeah. that we've really been fortunate along our journey is that Dan and I have always stuck to the things that we're good at to support one another. You know what I mean? Like he's not jumping down my throat. I'm not jumping down his throat. I'm like, he's got that shit sorted. If there's an issue, he's going to let me know and vice versa. It's like, fuck, this is, this works. You know what I mean? And that's how we've also built the business out is we've hired people that are good in their area. Like we're not getting like for like people. It's like get people that are smarter than you. You guys are actually in a second marriage there because you you, you know you, what you've been hanging around together for years. You've been business partners, and you know I've had business partners over the years. And business partnerships are really, really hard work. Money makes things really unusual with people, mm-hmm. and it's it's a credit to you fellas to be able to get through this time because there's a lot of people out there that say don't do business partnerships. It's the worst thing you can do. But mm-hmm. to be able to make it work successfully and to get as far as you guys have done, I think sky's the limit. Clearly, I think those issues though, every business family-owned, friendship-owned business that's fallen apart has always come down to not setting clear expectations and not communicating. And Dan and I, luckily, have always done that from the get-go, again, without even fucking realising it. Like, we just always have had communication at the top of the list, right? Yeah. Um, Sometimes it can help to have a third party in there just to... I don't know. I met one of my ex-business partners. We just used to have a third-party person that would come in every three months and just ask us both questions in front of each other to open the conversation a little further Pull as well. Part of it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. If, if there's been issues and there's stuff to be working on, absolutely. And I mean, we've had that. Me and Ed never go to bed angry at each other. We've never, we never go to bed angry. <laughs> we've definitely Good night, text. Right? Yeah. Good night text message. Yeah, I'm we've sending you a virtual <laughs> hug, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 plenty of plenty of lovers' tips over the years, but we've never gone to bed angry. But to Ed's point about understanding your strengths. It's a really good tie back to sort of what I'm talking about with regards to fulfillment because if you can understand your strengths and what you're naturally good at, you should play to those because when you can play to those strengths, that is what creates a level of fulfillment. You feel fulfilled because you feel valuable and purposeful in what you're doing. And in business, and people see that too, you as well. Yeah, like people sure. see that in you. And that energy yeah, is attractive. So, yeah. Totally, totally. And there's so many elements of business, right, you know, in different sort of areas. You don't have to do it all. We've tried it. It sucks. You're better off finding what part of it you're strongest at and playing into that because then the business gets the best of you and you get the best of the business. Question for you. I mean, you're out there. Like, you've done all this amazing work and we see you and you're at Bathurst. You know what I mean? Like, what's next? We'd like to be at Bathurst. Yeah, I know. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's next year, hey. Yeah, what does trademark look like what, in 12 months and five yeah, years? Yeah, what's the next initiative? Or, you know, you've got TIAC and everything that you're doing with trademark and the, the shirts and the scrunchies. This is my favourite question to answer at the moment, right? Hmm. Because we're going to continue to push and we're going to continue to collaborate and do partnerships and do projects that get the message out further and evolve the business, both the businesses, and ensure that both businesses are growing 
with the growth of the social cause that we're advocating for. We're never going to remain stagnant. But in regards to where we're going to be in 12 months, I'm not even thinking about that because I'm at a point where I'm enjoying right now and I'm so grateful to be where I'm at and I'm so happy to be doing what we're doing. And I never thought that my life could fulfill me so much and, and, and give to me what I've got right now. And so for that, I'm not even thinking about 12 months down the track. I know that we'll continue to do projects and to and grow the business and bring out more shirts and expand like that. Mm. But I'm enjoying every day as it comes to me right now. And I think living in the moment right now is something that I'm so grateful for. I'm not expecting, you know, this, that or the other. I just, yeah, right now is where I'm at. Today, really today's great. the day. Many different answers for where we're going to be in 12 months, but that's, what, yeah. What's Ed's five-year plan? <laughs> to be honest, it's very much the same. It's just we're just enjoying, really enjoying the journey at the moment and it's probably only been, I don't know, maybe the last four or five months where it's felt like there's not like a big storm cloud out in front of us and we're trying to like get through that and, and push through. I mean, we are just so grateful to have you guys on today. Like, thank you so much for, for volunteering your time and, and chatting to us. And The best thing about these conversations is it always triggers me to think more about what I'm doing and what we can pick up from other people's experiences as well. You guys are giving me a lot to think about today. Do you guys want to give us a little plug? We just want to encourage our listeners to check out Trademart and TIAC and everything and, and let us know how we can find you and, and where people can get support if they need to. Yeah, so Trademart, obviously, if anyone wants to, you know, jump on board and get some conversation starting work shirts, trademart.com, T-R-A-D-E-M-U-T-T, like a dog. Yes, mutt, that's right. <laughs> and TIAC's a free mental health support service for tradies, truckies, farmers and blue-collar workers. It's available Monday to Friday on 488 And that's Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Simple text message to a counsellor, connect with a counsellor, start a conversation, super chilled, easy. Outstanding. Good on you, lads. Fantastic. Yeah. Is there anything you want to ask us? Like, throw us something. No, I, don't <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So we're at, a, we're at an hour and 15 I seconds. Know. These guys have got to go make some shirts. I'm sure they've got a couple of sewing machines back there that are just craving their attention. Last thing that I'll plug is that, like, if any of your listeners interested in fundraising or hosting events, you know, for a charity partner that genuinely supports our industry, TX has a very transparent model of impact. We're a non-profit. We're a DGR status, deductible gift recipient, so everything's tax deductible. If any of your listeners ever want to host a fundraising event and raise some funds to help us fund more counsellors, TX is a great non-profit to be able to do that. So, yeah. Outstanding. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank I, you, I, can, you. I can see a link on that on some of my websites, I reckon. Yes. Yeah. I'd love to do it. Yeah, great we'll be in idea. touch, fellas. Good yeah, on you. Yeah, great. So thank you guys. We really appreciate it. Let's try and get you in the studio next time. It'd be great to have a face-to-face. No worries. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today on the Nuts and Bolts podcast. If you found value in our conversation, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate your support as it helps us reach more of our community. Keep up with us for more insights into the construction industry. And remember, together, we're building the future. Until next time.